0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Good morning. It's Monday, October 17th, and I started my live uh, on YouTube 23 minutes ago. So, um, And thank you, Barb, for telling me there's no high-pitched sound. If anybody goes, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, remember that I do YouTube live every morning so you can see the actual charts that I talk about and I refer to Um, and last week there was a complaint that my uh, ring light uh, actually uh, was causing some some high-pitched squeal now it's kind of like dog hearing some people hear it some people don't Um, Jesse who was listening for it uh, heard it his wife who was sitting next to him while he was watching it on his phone couldn't hear it so it was just kind of interesting Um, But we think we traced it back to the light. I did some testing this weekend on another channel uh, that I went live on. And it didn't seem to uh, go up. But but anyway, woke up this morning. England is an absolute freaking mess. Um, Futures are up. We were up a little bit further. Um, Jeremy Siegel is currently, uh, you know, an angry man in a deli ordering soup uh, on CNBC right now. A Seinfeld reference for anybody, but he's screaming about the Fed. Um, I, I I like Jeremy Siegel, and I actually find him very entertaining. And and he's probably one of the most knowledgeable people. He called um the, that inflation was out of control, and that Powell was behind the 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 you know they didn't use the 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 data correctly. So I I, I like him, I respect him, but he is like an angry man on ordering soup in a deli. <clears throat> And that is, I believe, the the hole-in-one episode where George goes over uh, on Seinfeld. But England is a mess. They fired their finance minister. They halted all of the tax cuts they were talking about. Um, most likely, they will have to weaken their currency uh, and raise taxes along with cutting spending. Now, uh, anybody that you talk to on the conservative side of uh, America says, well that's social uh, socialism and and it doesn't work you're going to see this blah 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 well it is what it is but uh England is having some problems and it's probably more um just based on changes and timing and there's an energy crisis and if you didn't watch 60 minutes this weekend I suggest you kind of look on YouTube um there's a great uh wind farm uh episode where I actually watched how they, they photographed it. was fascinating how they photographed this because the wind farm that is up in this North Sea um, is tremendous. It houses, I think it provides 30% of the power for Europe or something. Um, and they're adding to it. Um, and they went over what hap- what happens if the wind stops. And they said, you know, hey, we're running 98 to 99% of the time where we're providing enough power um, and when we don't, we have enough uh, weather forecasts. Blah blah blah. You guys know I'm an environmentalist. I like renewables. Uh, I think any fight against renewables just isn't realistic. Uh, clean energy is where we're going. Uh, Elon is way smarter than any of us listening to this uh, podcast, and he believes that we'll, we'll we will move to renewables. Uh, but the current time, there is still a place for fossil fuels. I just believe in cutting them, probably the way the current administration does. The real question about the current administration is, hey, how much do you cut um, versus the pain that the the current um, gas prices and fuel prices are causing? So that's really the only debate that you have. Not that uh, we should absolutely be drilling. We should absolutely be expanding pipelines. Not that. It's how much do you want to actually expand uh, for the contraction that happens in the future? And, and make no bones about it, the contraction will happen in the, the future. Uh, Halima Cross was on CNBC this morning. Uh, recession pe- fears. Essentially, uh, boy, I had to edit that one. <clears throat> I started joking when I said Halima. Um, but uh, she says recession fears have been price, driving prices down. OPEC decided to cut um, production based on that. There is ru- There are rumors that the Biden administration is... Um, to perhaps going to ask U.S. producers or ban U.S. producers from exporting oil. That will bring prices down here locally, but it will put a world of hurt on our allies around the world because it will drive the price of oil up um, uh, globally. Uh, the U.S. is pushing Saudi. Europe will need oil when they sanction Russia uh US producers have not increased their production. Um yeah. She says it will all come to a head in um August. Or I'm sorry, December, when the European um sanctions go in place. So that's kind of my oil update. If we look at some of the oil stocks, I'm gonna go down to my notes here. Uh, one of the ones that that I like and um, Tom likes uh, on Twitter, Venom. Uh, he kind of called this way down here around 27, I think, and said it was going to go to 30. See the button hook, the button hook's happening. Uh, I don't know that this is going to be a get you out kind of day, but it does look like it. There's a gap here between 28 and 29. I like this one under 30. Uh, just completely, if it goes under 30, I, I like it. Their earnings are coming up on November 8th. When we look at Finviz and we look at Venom, um, Venom, uh, their dividend is 10.35%. Performance year to date, they are up 46%. So it's a great, great energy stock to buy. Uh, uh, COP, ConocoPhillips. uh, Let's look. You're starting to get in the button hook here. Uh, Look at that MACD. That MACD is way up there. It, it faked us out before, so I don't want to say that it's absolutely going to cross down. The RSI is at 56. Their earnings are coming up November 2nd. So you do have this kind of button hook that's setting up just because it's so overbought. You've got gaps down here about 103 to 106. Um, I would probably like it under 110. You've filled all of these gaps here. That have gone on before. Remember when I said it was 106. You had this gap here at 112. Pretty clear you were going to fill that one. Uh, It is essentially making a. a, a, It's hitting lower high. Or higher highs. Which means it's probably going to continue its run. You can see it's using the 200 day right here. As a support level. This is a a positive moving stock. Um, I wouldn't expect it to. uh, Tremendous trend downward unless there's some type of recession stuff going on but i would like this one under 110 i think it's been overextended devon energy which we talk about a lot because i personally own it it's up one percent in the pre-market there is a gap down here between 61 and 62 which will be filled you can see the button hook is happening Um, this is looking to get out uh, probably in today's candle because that macd actually did cross down so if you're in this one probably take profits, I probably will take profits because it will come down to this level. Your earnings are coming out November 2nd, now here's what you have to worry about. Any type of early earnings announcement of this one will probably pop the stock. So while you want to get out from a chart standpoint, um, your your dividend is 6.85, so you're not in danger of losing that one. Uh, you can absolutely take profits on this one. The the ex-dividend date was September 9th, so you're not in danger of that. You are at danger of an early price announcement. You are in danger of a pop in oil, natural gas, or something moving this one higher. You can clearly see there's a gap up here that was filled between 72 and 73. <clears throat> it was filled back here um, October 10th. So the, the gaps have been filled on the way up. The only gap that hasn't been filled is on the way down, 60 to 63. So I like it. I probably will take my profits on it at some point in time um, this week. Occidental Petroleum is up 1.32 in the pre, in the pre-market. There's a gap here between 74 and 75. This one has a gap up. Now here's, here's the dilemma on this. This moves with Devin. You had a MACD cross down here, but your nine day is above your 21 day. So it didn't get you out of this current run. Um, It is currently moving in the upward direction. My assumption is that 200 day is providing it a significant support level. So Occidental Petroleum, you've got a good dividend on this one. Warren Buffett owns 20%, um, but uh, oh, Pfizer CEO is talking on CNBC about getting COVID twice. Uh, Oh, Jesse, no sound. Good. Uh, Jesse was one of the dog people who heard the sound, so he says there's no high-pitched squeal on uh, YouTube. But here's Occidental Petroleum. I I own this one. I I think I have a fairly large position. I like it. Um, I probably am not getting rid of it because the algorithm says not to get in it. So it's completely opposite from Devin, even though those two move in tandem. ExxonMobil, I I own it, it is up over 100 again. I say over 100, sell this one under 100, hold on to it and buy it. You can see there's gaps down here that have not, that have been created. Um, It's been filled, see it's got this second gap here. So it'll go back down to 90 at some point in time. Their earnings are coming up October 27th. Um, This one's kind of extended, the button hook is happening. I wouldn't expect this one. Let's look at XOM. Um, their dividend, I think it's like 3, 4%, 3.55%. Their 52-week high is 105. So it's getting up there in the 52-week range of, of being high. Hmm, It's probably a good time to sell in my mind. Um, it's up at 120, $100.20 in the pre-market. CVX, we talked about. This one is Chevron and around 160 is where the pivot is. Now, it's gotten up to 160. You're seeing the button hook. Again, there's gaps on the way down at 144. It's got a super high MACD. Um, the RSI is at 55. So if you're in it, remember we, I always say in this, in this market, you want to take profits when you can. Don't be afraid of taking profits. If it moves up 10% tomorrow, you've still got a profit. It doesn't matter. You can always buy back in at some point in time. Um, These aren't like stocks that, uh, um, these aren't stocks that have a, a uh, undetermined top, for instance. Uh, Yes, energy will continue to run, but as we've seen in the last 10 years, um, then, you know, they're going to stop. They're going to pull back. These are in a trading range. Fossil fuels are just, you know, a trading range. FANG, Diamondback Energy, you've got, again, gaps on the way down. Um, looks like it was, yeah, gaps on the way down. See this gap right here, 122 to 125, you're at 139, you're button hooking. It's going to get you out today. So FANG, uh, there is no reason to hold on to it for the dividend. The earnings are coming up November 7th. It's the only time to come out uh, to to kind of get back in. Uh, with earnings, because I do think that the you know the first earnings that come out next week for energy, you're going to see these things kind of, you know, uh, pop. Pioneer Natural Resources. This is one the button hook has happened. The cross down has happened. Um, it probably will not get you out just because of the moving averages, but you do have a gap that on the way uh, down. This is the gap right here between 224 and 218. You're at two forty right now again the the ex dividend date is passed. your earnings are coming up November second there's no reason to kind of you know hang out in this one um so that's energy Bank of america we're talking about financials. I said, hey, get this one under one hundred under thirty um thirty one fifty three is the 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 cross up right here and that was um on Friday October thirteenth that cross up right there is uh, 3153 I think you're 3175 let's switch over to Active Trader Pro because this one they announced earnings this morning they beat and it was a fairly handy beat on both the top and the bottom and when you hear people say um, top and bottom uh, hey KB first time YouTube watcher uh, long time podcast listener welcome And sorry, I totally get distracted on this. But Bank of America, when you hear people say, hey, they beat on the top line and the bottom line, the top line is revenue. The bottom line is earnings per share. So total revenue doesn't mean anything if your costs are completely out of line. Um, So that's essentially what it means by top and bottom line. If you want to know what things mean, you can typically go to investopedia.com. But here is Bank of America's chart. Let's look at a two-day chart. And I don't want a one minute. I'm going to go to a five minute because who cares about one minute unless you're day trading. Um, Here's where the earnings came out this morning. Boom. Stock's up. Uh, So you can see it's at 3260, 3270. Um, In the pre-market, it closed at 3170. Their PE ratio is nine. Their dividend yield is 2.78. Their ex-dividend date um, was September 1st. So you don't have dividends coming up. But if you see this, this is how you day trade on Active Trader Pro. Um, you can see how the Bollinger bands are there, the moving averages are there. Candles are great. Um, you know, again, it's got this most recent in the five minutes, it's down. But look at the current candle. I'm going to move in so you can see it. Look at that current candle on the right-hand side right there, right, where my uh, cursor is it's the current candle is between it opened at 32.45 its low was 32.43 its high is 32.92 it's just got confirmation up Uh, green candle just means that it um, is currently higher than where it opened up at red candle doesn't mean that it went down just means that it closed lower uh, than when it opened up at that's all it means so when you want you know you're looking to day trade you can look at a triple bar which is um, a green bar followed by a red bar followed by a higher green bar. That's confirmation. But look at the Bollinger Bands. They're sinking up. This one's trading right now outside of the top of the Bollinger Band. It's going to come back down. So if you had a way to short this one, you'd probably want to short it and scalp it, blah, blah, blah. But that's a, a good view of that one. Now, when we look at the algorithm on this one, you can see the earnings are coming up. There's no catalyst going forward. Um, let's take a look at some of the, I'm going to drag this volume shelf right here to its most recent high and you can see there's a clear volume shelf here at $30.87 but look up $33 is where there's a volume shelf that where it probably will be a magnet because if it's not going to go back down to this $30 range it's going to go up to this 33 range so I think If you're playing options, I think this would be a good options play. I'm not an options trader, so I don't know how to do that. Um, Well, I shouldn't say I don't know how to. I just don't gamble like that. I'd rather buy a good company, Bank of America, that has good earnings, that has a solid foundation with rising interest rates. Um, They did announce, um, this is what's crazy, their average loan. And I think it includes mortgages, uh, car loans, and everything like that. But their average loan... Is up twelve percent. If we assume that inflation has been up somewhere in the neighborhood of eight to ten percent, people are taking out more money. That's kind of a dangerous, dangerous slide. <clears throat> so, um, and speaking of recession and dangerous slide, Morgan Stanley says Apple is a top stock to own in the event of a U.S. recession. Um, so we're going to look at Apple right here. Uh, we are up 2% in the pre-market, and most likely it's on that news. Uh, you can see that there's a cross up here at 141.72. The RSI is down at 37. That MACD is down well below the the, uh, the oscillator on the, the, the MACD. Uh, their earnings are coming up October 27th. I completely expect this one to be um, up a year from now. I should say, if we're in a deep recession, I wouldn't expect it to be kind of that much changed. The problem with Apple, and we talk about this all the time when you look on Finviz, is their PE. The PE is currently at 22. Um, The PE of Apple wants to be at 17 because that's where the MACD is. Year to date, you're down 22. What are you down? 22%, I should say. Spy is down 24%. So you're beating the S&P by 2%. Um, the they are 7% above their 52 week high of 129 i don't know that you want to gamble for 7% but they're 24% below their 52 week low and if you don't think that apple's going to continue to grow their business um a you're crazy uh b don't invest in the stock then then you know again it's it's not a stock for you uh the stock market is all opinions there's no necessarily facts about where this thing's gonna go it's all opinions so um but there is an apple store in oklahoma that just uh voted for a unionization expect that apple store to most likely be closed (laughs) um also apple announced that they will not be using chinese chips amid political pressure um so they're they're kind of getting most likely there's some behind the scenes uh Behind-the-scenes kind of talks going on. Uh, President Xi over the weekend warned about uh, Western interference with Taiwan. Uh, Remember how Putin used uh, oil as the sanctions against, you know, he he invaded Ukraine. He stopped Nord Stream pipeline. Um, He's using energy uh, as a clear, clear economic warfare on the West. Um. She may be using this. So, uh, if you think that she is going to start using chips, uh, because remember the U.S. has stopped Nvidia, Intel, and others, and AMD from shipping their IP to China based on national security issues, well, that is inhibiting stop. You know, their their, their kind of growth. Um, China has said, "Hey, some of our chips aren't allowed to be used in the U.S. either." Well, China's, you know, not as, as uh, forward as we are, but they do have the manufacturing of chips, uh, and they do have the manufacturing in Taiwan. So uh, the one that I'd like you to look at, and it's not a buy right now, is in this case, SOXL. Uh, SOXL is a triple levered bull ETF on the semiconductor industry. It has been in a downward slide since August. Um, there is a volume shelf here around seven. It's trading at 691 right now. There's a volume shelf between 752 and 792. Um, if we look at, I'm going to move this to more of a daily so that we can see where this was pre-pandemic. I'm going to move to a weekly because <clears throat> I don't care about the, the whole movement per se, but I want to see where we were pre-pandemic right before the pandemic started in February. We were at about 17 on the SOXL. There's a gap here between 16 and 18. You can clearly see that gap has been hit. We went all the way up to $60 on the SOXL. Uh, There is a clear volume shelf here at about $6.48. If that's the bottom, I think you're good. You're starting to go outside the Bollinger Bands, which means there's, you know, on a weekly basis, you probably should pop up uh the play recently uh and these are tradable these are not investments s o x l and s o s x are not investments. their costs are just too high. You will depreciate your actual asset value by holding on to these. so I don't want to see you uh invest in these for the long term uh but s o x s has been the play, and we've talked about this. It had a buy-in here at $70.89. That is right after it got you out with a fall of a, you know, only a 48% gain. And this goes all the way back to August 8th, where we started seeing these chips really go down. Uh, the, the, the caveat to this is that you do have gaps on the way down. So SOXS, you do have a gap between 54 and 57. That's the most recent one. If you go back just a couple of weeks, you got a gap here between 46 and 48. So you do have gaps on the way down. You have no gaps to be filled on the way up. Let me just pull back now. You got no gaps to be filled on the way up. Um, This one on October 13th went all the way up to 89. And again, this is S-O-X-S. Right now it's trading at $80. You had that buy-in at 70. It's trading at 80. I would expect it to come back down to the 70 range. I would also expect it to cover this, uh, this gap here between 54 and 55. Uh, but again, with Xi kind of, uh, President Xi raising alarms, uh, SOXS could be the, the play, and this could be a, a significant, significant play. Let's, let's look at SOXS. SOXS in FinViz. Um, you're 10% below. Your 52-week high of 89.59. You're 156% above your 52-week low of 31. Year-to-date, this is up 134%. This is a short on-the-chip sector, semiconductor sector. So uh, I I like this one. Um, right now, I, I wouldn't tell you to get in either way. Um, I think the SOSX has been expan- uh, extended, but I think the XOX, SOXL, hasn't shown a cross-up to the point where I say absolutely get in. The RSI is at 30, though. Um, the MACD is significantly down. I think your next move is in the SOXL, But if the S&P continues to move down, you're going to have these chips just completely fall. Let's look at uh, another energy that I like. You guys know KOLD and Boyle. KOLD has been your, uh, your constant steady here. Thirteen eighty-three, September nineteenth, was the buy-in. Um, you're looking at a gap down here just before that buy-in uh, uh, between ten and eleven dollars. This has just been a steady, slow kind of trudge up. See that two hundred day, that red line? It's using that as as resistance. So uh, my guess is that Boyle is probably using the two hundred day. Um, it just crossed that death cross right there, and you're seeing uh, Boyle. Just continue down. I think it's at forty-five. Let's let me go to uh, Active Trader Pro. We can look at Boyle. Uh, oh, and see, um, Bank of America is still outside that Bollinger band on a five-hour chart, a five-minute chart. Uh, Boyle is one. It is trading. Oh, way down, forty-four ninety-eight. So see how it's it's trading below the Bollinger band, and then it popped back up. So it went down to 44. It's now at 44.80. It's got some confirmation of a, a run up here um, on a five-minute chart. If we get a one-minute chart, yeah, you can kind of see that it it gained some some positive. It traded above that nine in the 21 day um, right there. So it's got some confirmation. It's trading above the Bollinger Band, so it's gonna pull back down a little bit. But obviously, this is a a a trend down. Let's look at KOLD because when you look at Boyle, KOLD has the exact opposite. It's going up. And ignore that 1777 um, right there. That that candle is just a mistake. It's nothing. But it's trading at 1957. So KOLD has been your trade. Um, But, and KOLD is today's trade as well. Uh, Let's look at, since we're talking about natural gas, my favorite natural gas play... Which is, which is LNG? You're still in this one. I wanted to look at this one because I don't think I looked at it all last week. 164 was your buy-in, 170 is your current price. and November 2nd is there are their earnings. Um, let me just see where they're trading. I'll look. I won't switch over, but LNG, um, yeah, it doesn't have a ton of pre-market volume, but your 10-day is 2.8 million, your 90-day volume is 2.6 million. so it has traded. Um, you've gotten all the way up to 178, which was September 14th, um, but last week's close was 170. You're trading in the pre-market at 171, so even though boil is down, LNG is up, and the reason is because LNG is going to take cheap, uh, cheap U.S. Uh, natural gas, and they're going to sell it in Europe for, for a gain. They, they've developed Louisiana port, um, and I think they have a Dutch port. So they can just take it, ship it over, sell it for a ton of profit. Uh, and that's what LNG is going to do. Um, so that's the energy. Let's look at Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs, I said the book value is, I think, 301. Anything under 300, buy it. Anything over 300, sell it. Tomorrow morning, they come out with earnings. Remember, Bank of America, JP Morgan, all positive earnings. So you've got this stuff moving up. Um, is still your buy-in on the algorithm. And 307.74, you're still in this. The MACD has not crossed down. See how it's up there? Uh, Even though the price has kind of come down, it hasn't crossed down. I would still say um, buy this one under 300. Let's look at uh, uh, Goldman Sachs. Boy, it's telling me. um, Dropped frames. 0.1%. Goldman Sachs is at 3.07. Boy, it closed at 299.99. Uh, see that? 299.99. Wow. Yeah. Your 52-week high is 426. 52-week low is 277. So you're not at your 52-week low. But if we go back here and we look at uh, Finviz and we go into Goldman Sachs, the key point for financials is over here on the left-hand side. Uh, book slash sh book value per share 30188 you want to buy it around there below there below there is even better for a, a thing that's a stock that's trending up but around there is where you want to buy it now goldman sachs is going to report tomorrow uh, they have there, there's reports that they have a significant restructuring that will be going on and it will be announced on earnings tomorrow so if that's taken well by the street, you could see a pop again at three hundred dollars. I don't think you're bu- you're buying Goldman Sachs if we head into a recession. Remember, Goldman does a lot of their business on reorganization. So, um, I saw a stock at LFG, uh, which is Arcaea Energy, and the name Energy hit me. But let's go to Active Trader Pro because I I have this note under my Energy, um. Before I get out of energy LFG, yeah, look at that. From sixteen fifty to twenty six seventy three. Go to invest, and we look. They're losing money. Do do BP Renewable. Ah, they're being bought by BP. And here's a Wall Street Journal article that I can't read. Um, twenty six dollars a share is the share price. So. Twenty-six dollars a share. We go in here. It's trading at twenty-five seventy-four. Could make twenty-five cents, which is one eh. percent. You could you could look into this one, but I saw that one and it, since it's since energy. That just means to me that there's consolidation in the energy energy industry. So Goldman Sachs looking at it on Active Trader Pro right now. Uh, it popped in pre-market. It is trading at three o seven. So hopefully you got it under 300 because on the, uh, the algorithm chart, if we look at that one, uh, we will go to Goldman Sachs. Uh, I think it, yeah, it has a buy in here at 307.74 and it's trading at 305. You can get it at 305 right now. Um, it'll open up probably around that price. Probably we we'll, we're going to see an update. Performance chart, the algorithm makes you 87% versus buying and holding gets you 45%. That's just because And for Goldman Sachs, this is crazy. But look at this, this buy right here in July, um, where you went from, uh, looks like 300 up to about 350. That was a, a really good move. You've got some gaps up here that haven't been filled and it's at 336. So I think there's a good opportunity to get in there. You can clearly see that even here, October 4th, you're starting to use this 200-day at 316 as a resistance level. If you can get past there, I think you got 330, 340 in in, in the books. Um, I I, I would guess that would be a good thing. Um, By the way, there was a news story on Friday about the Fed Governor Bostic trading stocks while... He's actually setting policy against the rules. Will anything happen to him? Probably not. I mean, you know, anything happen to these senators, governors? Don't get me started. Uh, I applied for my absentee ballot, and what a freaking nightmare that is. Uh, but tune into Rick's podcast to hear me be triggered on that one. It's uh, in, uh, Election Insider with, uh, with Rick. Uh, that's his podcast. He is the former director of elections in Fulton County and my personal friend. So I've hopped on there. Uh, one thing I want to show is Meta. And Meta is just a nightmare of a stock. I bought this one at 300 um, I actually have no interest in the metaverse. And I am in the majority of Americans. Uh, zero interest in the metaverse. This is trading at 129. Um, this is a stock that it got you out. You know, the algorithm loses you 52%. Buying and holding the stock loses you 51%. Your average win, you only win 24% of the time, and your average win is only 3%. Your average loss is 4%. So it, it, this has made no sense to actually buy. Zuckerberg is just leading us down a path. Now here's the thing: I can't see myself putting on a headset and actually enjoying it. I enjoy video games. I have an Xbox. I basically play a lot of sports on Xbox. I play some first person shooters, not a big fan driving games. I used to love getting on NASCAR and playing with thirty two other people racing in Daytona and Talladega, uh, having the car setups. I used to love that um it's as I've gotten older, it's getting a little bit you know kind of. Who wants to put in, I, I always wind up putting like two, three hours into gaming. So I, I try not to do it just because I get uh, out there, but here's what I saw. And I was on Instagram and I think his name is, uh, Marquise Brownlee. Uh, you guys know MKBHD. He's a famous YouTuber. Uh, he does a, uh, tech reviews and on Instagram, he showed the new meta headphones and This was a use case I hadn't thought of, but with me traveling and you guys know with the laptop, I hate the fact that I don't have monitors. I love this big screen monitor that's right in front of me. It's a uh, 27-inch iMac. I don't need another monitor. When I was actually in the workforce, I had four monitors. I loved it and I I love trading with that. I had it right here on my desk when I left the workforce, I just bought 27-inch iMac. Actually, when I started editing videos, I think this is 2017. So I bought this right before I left the workforce. But what he showed on his uh, Instagram is a laptop um, with five or four, maybe it was six huge monitors that he could zoom in on and actually look at with the headset on. So the monitors weren't there. What it was was he had his laptop below him, and he had these monitors that were in front of him, and he could zoom in, manipulate the monitors, and do all of that. That to me is a use case I would absolutely use. Think about it. Um, the uh, workforce is currently, um, you know, very mobile, and and well wants to be mobile, wants to work from home, wants to work from anywhere, blah blah blah. I do think that the characters in the metaverse make no sense whatsoever. But if you're actually chatting with somebody and they have a 360 camera at their location and you have a 360 camera at your location and it could look just like you're talking to the person face to face and you can see their surroundings or you can see these monitors and it feels like you're working at the desk and that's the quote unquote metaverse, it gets the water cooler that people want, um, the, the collaboration that, that bosses want. So I, while I'm not saying buy Meta because the, the algorithm clearly, you can see it on your screen, the, the earnings are coming up. I, I would expect another huge downturn. They're, they're going to beat Mark Zuckerberg up over why are you spending billions of dollars for three, what was it, 300 active daily users um, for billions of dollars. I went over this last week. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't see it, but what I do start to see is the use case. And the use case is what you want to pay attention to. I don't think that it makes sense to sell a $1,500 headset, but the software that's associated with that is probably the, the biggest use case that I could see. Um, if a monitor company like a Samsung... Um, and, and I've heard people talk about this when they get on planes and it's mostly tech people who have their phones hooked up to these headsets. And when you get on a plane, you put on the headset and it's like, you're watching a hundred, uh, a hundred foot screen. And it's like the old time drive-in movies or like you're in your own, uh, home theater where you have the headset plugged in and, and the big screen over your head. Um, and you could basically be anywhere in the world that you want and you're on a plane because it's running it from your phone, uh, and you've downloaded movies and blah, blah, blah. So again, the use case kind of came into my head. So meta isn't on my, um, current buy list because I want to see how this, how this kind of, um, pans out and you know what I'll do. Here's what, here's what I'll look at. Um. We will go in. We will look at Meta, um, and I'm going to look at this stock. And what we're going to do? I'm on CNBC.com right now, by the way. Um, We're going to compare. Let's look at compare uh, the S&P 500 uh, to Meta, because if you're comparing the S&P 500 to Meta, you'll see a clear. This is interesting. So look at the S&P 500 in five years. You're up 39% in five years. With Meta, you're down 25%. So this goes all the way back to 2018. Five years, down 25%. Let's add another comparison. And we'll add in Intel Corp. And Intel is the green. And so see, Intel is down 35%. Uh, but the s and P's is up 39%. <clears throat> Let's add in. Uh, podcast favorite Tesla look at that now I'm gonna take out Tesla because look Tesla in five years up seven hundred and sixty-five percent now let's add in another comparison Apple up two hundred and fifty three percent so you can clearly see that stock picking um, works When you're talking about, okay, where do I want to put my money for five years? Um, Let's take it down Apple. And since Google is a current, you know, that's up 96%. And look at how much it's fallen. Uh, Again, the tech stocks have fallen. You can see the S&P has fallen, just not as big. These two will converge at some point. I think the the, the S&P will come up and Google will kind of stay flat. But I do think that that's an an interesting, if you want to look at these things, look at five-year charts and look at the comparison. And the best place I've found to do that is CNBC.com. It's free. You can go and look at it. Um, I had an Instagram user, Jackson, ask me. He said, hey, as a podcaster, what do you think about Spotify. So the chart looks ugly. And this, this was my response to, to Jackson. The, the, the chart looks super ugly. I don't think that it's a good investment. And part of the reason I don't think it's a good investment when you go over to Finviz, they are not making money. Um, their price to sales is one though. And that's what's interesting. Their price to sales is one as that starts to get to zero or starts to get um, you know, a, a little higher then it 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 should start to move year to date they're down sixty five percent they're only four percent Here's the problem with Spotify, and it goes to a macro rather than a micro um I am on Spotify I use anchor uh you guys know from listening to all those freaking ads I don't think that their ad is running anymore, so you should be able to listen to me ad free um but uh spotify pay or anchor paid me um and to try and ask you guys to do podcasts. Well, I think it's a great idea if you have a passion. Like I said in the ad, I truly 100% believe that. I wouldn't tell you guys that you should do a podcast if you don't believe in something. It's time, you know, time suck. I've obviously got a lot of time on my hands. I can do these things, but um, they paid me to do that. I don't know how many of you actually were pushed to do a podcast. Um, they're paying me to get you to do it in hopes that they can increase their content at a low cost. You look at what they're paying Joe Rogan. You look at what they're paying, um, other ones of their podcasters. Uh, there are celebrities like I just saw, um, God, Kevin Bacon came out with a great podcast. It's not his, he's a guest on the podcast. It's Jason Bateman's podcast. Um, I think it's Will Arnett and Jason Bateman. Go and look it up. I forget the name of it. But Jason, uh, or I'm sorry, Kevin Bacon talks about how he got fooled and lost all of his money with uh, Madoff, Bernie Madoff. Um, it is a brilliant, brilliant episode about uh, how Creed. Everybody talks to me, um, you know, the D-man, I, I believe, and, and, and uh, you know, some other people on uh, Instagram, they always tell me, God, I, I just, I don't get out soon enough. Listen to that podcast. That that. Kevin Bacon podcast um, about him and his wife, Kira Sedgwick. Uh, The two of them were lured in by Madoff with unbelievable promises of profit, and they couldn't get out. It was like a drug. Um, They just couldn't get out. Listen to that podcast. Understand when I tell you, take your profits when you can. I am personally guilty of it as well. Look at my Facebook um, uh, you know, I bought it three twelve. I'm still in that. It's at one twenty. Why would I be in that? PayPal. I bought it two ninety. It's like at one hundred. Why would I still be in that? Um, AMD. I bought at one eighteen. Why would I still be in that? Um, uh, uh sell, or uh, what? What is it? Um, oh, I forget which one. Uh, the the oh, Shopify. Shopify's one. It says seventy three. Uh, was my purchase price? I think. Um, went all the way up to like $1,200. Why would I still be in that? It happens to everybody, but listen to that podcast. It's a great, great podcast. I haven't listened to it myself. I, I haven't completed it, I should say. I just started it. Um, but Jackson, would I invest in Spotify? No. And the reason is just because of cost. It's not that I don't love Spotify. I absolutely love Spotify. Uh, I am part of a family membership. They just basically, and I love the CEO's um, mindset. He said, we will be the audio destination for absolutely everything. That's what he wants to be. He wants to be the YouTube. He wants to be the Netflix. He wants to be the HBO Max. He wants to be the Disney Plus. He wants to be all of that for your listing. I think that's a great business idea. Uh, but costs matter, and I think you overpaid for the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't think it's delivering. I think you overpaid for other podcasts. I don't think they're delivering. So until they get their cost structure down, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't invest in them. Uh, I was looking and YouTube Live. I think before it it froze on me, but uh, Costco. Um, I was looking at Costco, uh, which is a podcast favorite. Got you out on Friday with a three percent loss. It's down at 450. Again, I I I don't know where this one goes. Their ex dividend date is October 27th, which should be a a catalyst. The gap that it will be drawn up to is between 533 and 540. Uh, if we are going into a recession, Costco is probably a decent one, but their PE is 34. And that's the problem. Year to date, they're down 19%. Remember, this is based on, this is a company that bases, is based on um, membership. They don't have a great dividend. It's only 0.79%. Um, so they are 11% above their 52-week low. They're 25% below their 52-week high. If you're not even looking at charts, just go to FinViz and look at this chart. There is a, a very, very likely support level here. Um, back in June, the low was 446. My guess is that that's the support level that you're going to be looking at now. Um, when I look at Costco and I look, they are trading below the Bollinger lines uh, on a four hour chart. And that typically means that you're going to go up, but it hasn't reached support yet. The algorithm has not said buy. I don't think that this is a buy. Uh, that is one that I actually like the stock, love the store. Love the idea. Eh, just probably not a great one. Uh, UNH, we had a cross up here at 516 on Friday. Uh, I say hold out for 500. Um, you know, there, there's a gap here between 506 and 511, which has been filled. This is just so expensive. That's my problem with it. And when I was looking at um, the healthcare industry, XLV, had a cross-up here at 125 just two days ago. It's at 123 right now. Now, I was looking at the PE of XLV. It's five. Um, I guess I don't. Yeah. What is the XLV PE? And I can show you right here. Finance.Yahoo PE ratio 5.82. It's the only one I was able to. If I go here to FinViz and I look, the PE of uh, United Health is 26. So you're paying for it, but you're paying for absolute excellence. Uh, it is a a well-run company. Uh, they continue to make killer profits. Um, you know, it, it, again, they just announced earnings, so there's no real catalyst in the future. But you probably are trading between 500 and I'd say 525. It's kind of using that 200 day as its uh its support. Uh. Since we are looking at maybe going into a recession, uh, I wanted to look at utilities again because we had the Southern uh, Southern Company cross up on Friday at sixty four sixty five. You're at sixty three, so it hasn't. You can see that candle is huge. Um, it opened at sixty four sixty five. Its high was sixty five seventy seven. Um, the period is a one point four four percent difference, but uh, I. Again, look at that that cross up there. Do I think it's going to go down? I just don't know. Their earnings are coming up October 27th. Um, Look at that slide. Again, they're trading on the bottom side of the Bollinger Band. It's not quite outside of the Bollinger Band, but um, you're clearly seeing that it's got no support here. You did have that cross up. Uh, I would expect this one to go up, but who knows? The other one that was beaten up, um, this is Duke Energy. And look at Duke Energy. I mean you had this cross up here at 8889, you're at 8695. Um, you've got your earnings coming up November third. That MACD is low. The RSI is at 2030. It's just a 30. I mean, it's just been floundering all the way all the way down. So it hasn't the RSI hasn't gone up. You can clearly see while the stock is just cratering. Um, you know, had this death cross here on September twenty-third you're still in a negative, a, a negative trend. <clears throat> so I wouldn't expect this one to, to kind of move anytime soon. But I, I wanted to look at those because um, those are two that, uh, if we're going into recession, I think, I, I hear utilities are a good play, so they're utilities. Um, XLF, since financials, you know, I told about Goldman Sachs, I told you about JP Morgan, told you about Bank of America, <clears throat> all beating on earnings. Well, Goldman Sachs reports tomorrow. Hold on one second. Mm. <clears throat> um, XLF is one. We just did have a cross up at 3145. You're at 3176. Um, I would expect this one to kind of, if you look, see these Bollinger bands turning and they're flattening out. Uh, the, the, it's clear that the, the 200 day is still in negative. The 50 day is still in negative. Um, but, and wow, you're, you're really green today. Um, let me see the, uh, NASDAQ opens up 2.54% up. The S and P is up 2%. The Dow Jones is up 1.69. Do not make the mistake of understanding that this is a, a rally. I mean, the, the fed's going to do 0. 0.75. So you're going to, this is just the bounce. It's an oversold bounce. Uh, but XLF is one that, uh, when financials start to actually benefit, I think that's one that you could do. Uh, Scans, Verizon. It's the only one in the Nasdaq. One, not the Nasdaq, came up in the Dow. Um, It came up in the S and P. Thirty six, thirty nine, had a cross up. This one's been beaten down. God, it's been beaten down. Their earnings are coming up October twentieth. So this week they have earnings. This is a a one that has a good dividend. They've just been beaten down because here's the thing: as we go into a recession, people are going to be looking to uh, cut their phone bills. Uh, If you guys don't know, in Linktree, I have Visible by Verizon. Uh, You can sign up for Visible. Uh, I get a little spiff. I think I get twenty bucks off. You get twenty bucks off. Their their new plans are thirty bucks. I mean, it's thirty bucks unlimited. Can't beat it. Uh, Sign up. Sign up. Click the Linktree below. Um, October 6th, Oppenheimer said Verizon was now performed with a $50 price target. They're at 36 right now. They are 3% above their 52 week low. They're 50, they're 34% below their 52 week high. So, um, in fact, let's look at their 52, oh, their 52 week low just came. Let's see, see where it is right now. Since it crossed up, this is going to create some. Uh, upward movement, just from a MACD cross-up perspective um, from Verizon, just because it's a it's not one that you typically trade. 26 million volume share um, on 10-day, 21 million on 90-day. So you do have some volume uh, perspective on an upward trajectory, but it's still a downward trajectory. I just think that that cross-up um, is a good thing. Your dividend yield is 7.17%. I have friends who hold this at 50. I have friends who hold it at 45. Um, Again, the cross-up here was at 36.39. You're trading at 36.70 right now. I think if you put in 36.39, you'll hit it at some point today. But you can see, remember I talked about the button hook? You can see the button hook happening down here. The Bollinger Bands are kind of straightening out a little bit. They're a little bit wider than I would like to see an entry, but you're coming into earnings. Um, I don't think they're gonna announce anything on earnings that's going to blow up the stock uh either way. Again, you're at your 52-week low, but the um the mobile phone companies are a race to the bottom. So I, I think that's you know, again, you're you're way up today. Um if you were to look at, let's look at um Active Trader Pro. I'm gonna go to your U Pro, which is your bullish move for the uh the Dow or I'm sorry, the S&P 500. You are up 6% on UPRO today, right now. Uh, SPXL, which is a bull for the S&P 500. This is a levered bull as well. You are up um, SPXL. Uh, Why does it say you're down 6%? Um, This isn't down 6%. What's going on with active trader pro let's go to tqqq because that's going to be way up um tqqq is up 8% remember how i said buy it under 20 huh. still at 19 so it's up 10% but still only at 19 um so I, I your your bulls are going to work today just because you know it's an oversold bounce again uh england is Dollars going down. Uh, Bank of America posted good earnings. (sighs) We're just a little oversold. There's nothing to it. Nothing to it. So I I, I would expect to see this bounce. Let's look at SPY real quick. I'll go and show you. Let's look at the S&P. Look at SPY because SPY, you know, my algorithm works on SPY. And you can see the button hook. 368.55 368.55 was the buy uh, on Spy on Friday. It was a cross up. So there are algorithms that work on four hours. There's a bunch of them. So let me look at some for Jesse. Uh, BEP. Let's look at BEP. Uh, some of you guys want me to look at wacky stuff too sometimes. Ooh, look at BEP getting beaten down. Uh, algorithm doesn't have a buy. It's just gotten you right on a sell. The algorithm makes you 5% versus buying and holding a, for 1,000 a candles loses you 21%. Uh, your average win is only 4.9% and you win 46% of the time. So you're winning about half the time, but it's only about a 4.9% uh, gain. And I don't particularly like that. I like stocks that make me closer to 10% on your average win. You're not making money. The, uh, the monkey's. Uh, TD Securities has the buy uh, 41 price target. It looks like about $40 is your price target. You're trading at 27, but they're not making money. Um, you're only 2% above your 52-week low. Um, you're 33% below your 52-week high. BEP, eh. I don't think it's a bad play. I think it's been beaten down. You probably could play it. See how it's down there at the bottom of the, the Bollinger Bands? Um, You kind of crossed up. My guess is that you're going to probably, I mean, their earnings are coming up November 3rd. You probably play it a little bit. Uh, EPM is one that's going on on YouTube live um, right now. EPM from Cameron. Uh, Evolution Petroleum. God, I love energy. Um, You had a buy-in here at 735 back on October 30, October 3rd. Um, you had that button hook, and now it's just capitulating right here. See how the Bollinger Bands, see this shading? That's what Bollinger Bands are. As they move towards that, um, and they they cinch up like that, it typically indicates a move higher or lower. Um, and it doesn't tell you when. It just says, see how it um, kind of cinched up here, and then boom, it po- goes up. See how it cinches up here, and boom, it goes up. See how it cinches here, and boom, it goes up. That's what you're seeing right here. Um, Now, it can cinch up and go down. Look. See? Cinched up. Boom. Downward. Um, See? Cinched up. Boom. Downward. So it's not always that it goes up. Uh, You do have an RSI at 55, which is kind of in no man's land. But you can see, if you were to buy into this uh, right now, uh, it's trading at 786. But if you were to buy into this right now, I would put an absolute 100% stop loss at 7, 676 just because that's the 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 um the 200 day. And there's a volume shelf right there. Um let me see. That's the dividend date. This is the volume. Let's see if we pull this back. Uh let's see where people are holding here. This is the high. You want your volume shelf at the high. See the volume shelf down here? I would probably put in my stop loss at 7. If you're buying at 7.86. Um, You don't have a lot of upside. So you would have to make your your 52-week high, it looks like. Uh, Let's see. EPM. My guess, Cameron, this ain't making money. Ooh, it is making money. And it's got a 6.43% dividend. It's up 40. Yeah. You're... 52 week high is 855, so you do have 12%. Um, you're 69%. Look at the trend lines. I like that one. EPM might be a good one. It's a good energy play. Nice find. Your average win is 20%. Now, buying and holding makes you 233% versus the algorithm, which got you in and out 23 times, only makes you 145%. Let's look at ALGT. Jesse, I think I figured out your uh, trading strategy. Let's look for beaten down companies and buy them where we think the bottom is. The danger is you don't know where the bottom is. Oh, by the way, if you look up, um, there is a, look at my Twitter account. Um, let me see. There is an unbelievable three-part series on Netflix about the GameStop thing. Watch Eat the Rich. Um, That is an unbelievable Netflix documentary. Uh, It is hilarious. Jim Cramer is crying about how people don't like him on there. Um, There are these retail traders who um, uh, make up a rap song called uh, I Like the Stock. It is absolutely hilarious. But uh, Allegiant Travel Company, isn't this the, the Allegiant Airlines one? I don't like Allegiant Airlines. November 2nd is their earnings. Uh, you've got an average win of 12.5%. It got you in at 68.32. It's trading um, right at $68 right now. I think you've got a good volume shelf there. Uh, my fear is that, again, trade the trend. Where's the trend going? It's going down. You'd have to make this, this turnaround. Look at that MACD. It's gone up there before, but the stock hasn't gone down or hasn't gone up. So you haven't really won in quite a while on ALGT. A Okay, rather than go on YouTube, I will leave the YouTube people for, um, I'll, I'll sit on YouTube and trade with you guys. It's been an hour. Uh, I've talked enough. Uh, have a great day. Enjoy it. I, I mean, you are up significantly. The, S- the NASDAQ is up 3%. The S&P is up 3%. The VIX, by the way, is down at 31. Uh, it's down 2%. So your Uvixi is Crazy. Um, let's see where Uvixy is. Uh, low. Uvixy down at twelve. Down at twelve. It's down five percent. Uh, Svixi is up. Should be up about about five percent. But Svixi, yeah, Svixi is only up one percent. It doesn't move like Uvixy. Um, for some reason, Uvixy use you know moves a hell of a lot better. Uh, but Uvixy is the play. Because at some point, this thing's coming roaring back from 30 to 35. So, okay, I will talk to you tomorrow.